The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Here is your host of Plant Profits, Bert Miller. Welcome to Plant Profits. I'm Bert Miller, your host from Protus Global. Plant Profits continues to bring our audience some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. Uh, we've had industry leaders like Nancy Whiteman, the CEO of Warner Brands, Whitney Beatty, the founder and CEO of Apothecary, and Chuck Smith, who is building out a global leading CPG cannabis company as the CEO of Dixie Brands. Uh, today, we have an outstanding legal mind and cannabis industry leader, C.J. Champin, the general counsel for Dixie Brands, who that may sound a bit oddly familiar since we just had his colleague and CEO, Chuck Smith, on the podcast last week. However, before we start, uh, you guys can uh, pull out your uh, iPhones or your, your mobiles and follow me on social media at BurtMillerPG. And send us your questions and comments for the show using hashtag plant profits. Uh, profits spelled P-R-O-P-H-E-T-S. Share that with your family and friends and your social circle and uh, let's get this information out to the world. So without further ado, let's get at it. Uh, CJ Cat- uh, Chapman represents one of the most innovative and explosive cannabis companies. Dixie Brands along with Therabus, Assesso and, and their Latinam partner Chiron. Uh, between the expansion and the multitude of legislative changes that seemed to be happening by the hour, I would say CJ has his hands full and then some. So you can find out more about uh, their products at DixieElixirs.com. That's spelled D-I-X-I-E-E-L-I-X-I-R-S. So welcome, CJ. Uh, if you don't mind, take a moment to introduce yourself uh, to, and your business to the listeners. You're great, Bert. Uh, the, thank you for having me on the show. And uh, I know Chuck was recently on, and he's he's a tough act to follow. But I will, I will do my best. Uh, so as you mentioned, I'm, I'm general counsel uh, to Dixie Brands. We're currently a Canadian uh, publicly traded company. We're listed on the Canadian Securities Exchange. We did uh, what is very common in the industry now an RTO, a reverse takeover, on November 29th of, of last year. And fast forward, here we are in uh, the this fast and ever moving world of cannabis and a lot of U.S. companies going up north to uh, to list due to the federal prohibition here in the States. And in Dixie Brands, we really view ourselves as a consumer packaged goods company that is a, a brand and an IP firm. So we license our IP for different formulations and products, mostly in the medical uh, or, or infused, marijuana infused product space. Uh, so we do a lot of edibles, uh, tinctures, uh, drinks, as you mentioned, Dixie Elixirs. That's where that name uh, came from. It is one of our, our signature products, but uh, currently, believe it or not, it's not our, our best-selling product. Our best-selling product right now are our, our gummies, which come in a lot of different flavors, assorted flavors, and come in, whether they're ratioed, uh, sativa, hybrid, indica. Um, so we're, we're really proud of, of how fast our, our gummies have kind of uh, taken over in, in, in the respective markets that we're in. So um, I'm, I'm here to, uh, to speak to you and uh, hopefully get a little bit more awareness about uh, Dixie Brands and, and let Plant Profits know a little bit about me. 
That's great. Thanks for the, uh, the information there, CJ. Now, if you think about um, the, some of the relationships that you guys have built most recently with Chiron, uh, obviously you have uh, on your CBD or hemp side of the, of the ledger with Assesso and, and also a fun brand called Therabus for our audience's pets, uh, along with all the things that are happening at Dixie Brands. Uh, you've been pretty busy lately, I would say. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, and I didn't want to uh, go back too much because I'm sure if Chuck was on the show, he gave you the, the awesome pitch that he normally does on on the product. But you're you're hitting on it. So we're we're currently operating in in five states: uh, Colorado, California, Nevada, Maryland. We recently opened up Michigan uh, at the end of uh, March. Uh, we're very excited about that market mm-hmm. once the. Uh, regulatory regime uh, kind of runs its course and, and outlaws uh, kind of a gray and black market where we're very bullish on, on uh, like I said, uh, Michigan. But yes, very busy. Our uh, Cecil brand uh, with the CBD wellness, uh, human wellness side, now, we're very excited about that, uh, but there are a lot of people in the, in the space, so we have to move quickly and and uh, and smartly uh, about it in the marketplace. And then Therapist is a very unique company as well. That's our pet CBD uh, line, and we just recently announced that we're doing a, a, a trial clinic with the University of Penn Veterinary School for, for dog treats. Uh, so our product will actually be proven and, and accepted into the, the vet world. Uh, so we're, we're very excited about what's uh what's going on. And that's just talking about our expansion efforts and not running the, the day-to-day business uh, that uh, myself and Chuck uh, and along with our other uh, executive management team have to do. Yeah. So imagine that. Uh, and, and yes, uh, when you think about uh, all the moving parts, CJ, uh, I bet the first question that you must ask yourself or others have asked you is when you graduated from law school, did you ever think you would end up uh, being legal general counsel in the cannabis world? <laughs> you know, I uh, that, that that's an inter- interesting question that I oftentimes uh, preempt people from uh, from asking me. So so thank you. But <laughs> if you would have asked me, Bert, just eighteen months ago, I probably would have said uh, emphatically, "Hell no." Uh, but right. that was just uh, kind of my my ignorance, like a lot of other uh, people in uh, in the United States, uh, and, and misperception as to what the cannabis space and industry is. I'm I'm very proud to say that I'm. In the industry now, I'm also very proud, uh, probably more proud, to be working for uh, for Dixie Brands, uh, more so than actually saying I'm I'm in the in the space. Uh, because the whole reason I'm in uh, the space is because of our CEO Chuck and what I believe Dixie stands for. I was not looking for an opportunity uh, at all at the at the time, and Chuck and I met at a gala uh, through a mutual friend at at um, at the table and uh, within 15 minutes of, of speaking to me, Chuck was uh, offering me and courting me uh, the position of to be general counsel. And I, again, didn't know much about Dixie. I knew about them, uh, obviously, because uh, the, just their presence here in Colorado, but didn't know much uh, about them uh, from a uh, legal perspective, not much about them from where they stand in the, in the industry. And I didn't know anything about Chuck. Uh, but what led me to, uh, to Dixie is, is Chuck. Chuck is a very astute and uh, has a great business acumen that I think would rival anyone in the, uh, in the industry. He comes from a, a finance background. And then uh, we had a mutual trust and, and respect for each other. So, uh, you know, I told him, hey, you know, we, we've had a couple of glasses of wine. I just met you. You just met me. We don't even know if we like each other. 
I have to go to New York for business next week. Um, and if you want to discuss it when I get back, uh, I'd be more than happy to sit down with you. Well, he said, well, I'm going to be in New York next week. Uh, when are you going to be there? So uh, there was some overlap. And, uh, our first conversation uh, followed from the, uh, from the gala at, um, at Town Nightclub around midnight. <laughs> and we uh, we started talking about what it would look like for me to uh, to come over to Dixie, and he started giving me more information about Dixie because at the time Dixie was a a privately held uh, company, so wasn't much out there other than just the media and our, our former CEO. Um, so, you know what I've learned. I went to the MJ Biz Conference as well for the first time this past November, and just uh, going with guys that have been going from the very beginning, how quickly it's grown, and then also seeing the uh, magnitude of the uh, <clears throat> excuse me of the conference, and then the people who are involved. I mean, th- this industry has started to really just spin off money, uh, spit out cash, and whenever that happens, you get a lot of interested people, right or wrong. Uh, you get a lot of interested people in the space, so you have a lot of hedge fund guys, private equity uh, guys, um, family offices. <clears throat> excuse me, family offices and, you know, uh, very, very astute businessmen from Wall Street. Um, so the, the, the industry is heading towards that if it's not already there. And I figured for me, uh, I'd rather get in before everyone else uh, learns about it and thinks it's a great idea. And I, I think I did that, but, uh, but barely. Yeah, but uh, what I would say to CJ is, you know, uh, a lot of interviews don't take, take place at the town nightclub at midnight after a couple glasses of wine. Uh, so that was a that was a great great entry into the world of Dixie Brands. So um, well, congratulations on, on the journey. I guess uh, one Thank of the things, I, yeah, one of the things I would ask you, CJ, is uh, you guys through that expansion that you've been uh, referring to. And of course, the pace of the business, as we all know, one year is like dog years, as you know, and it, it, it you know twelve months feels like you know seven years almost uh, in terms of just what you guys are accomplishing in such a short period of time as you now are looking to expand and grow your own talent and attract the top talent um, and you've alluded to the brands no, without question and of course uh, Chuck being uh, really a magnet to attract people um, what what are you doing right now I mean obviously we're a partner of yours but what what are some of the key elements that you're looking for as you're trying to make decisions about where to expand and, and who who and where you want to go after those folks? So as I said, Brad, I mean, we're really looking at the um, alcohol and beverage space. We feel that the uh, cannabis industry is most similar to the alcohol uh, beverage space. So we've pulled uh, or at least requested uh, people from uh, that space. We uh, have interviewed people from Miller Coors, uh, Heineken, uh, Red Bull, uh, and different wineries, uh, very well-known wineries across the, uh, the world. And uh, again, we feel that those individuals can, uh, can most relate and understand this industry. We, we, it's funny, you would think that we would want someone in the industry that knows the products, uh, knows the, the lingo that, that goes on in the industry, but I was the furthest thing from that. I was a commercial real estate corporate attorney, and uh, we feel that uh, we want other folks uh, to have outside experience to bring their knowledge into uh, our company and, and into the, uh, the industry. So, uh, you know, we're really looking for those individuals uh, in those type of industries. 
Well, no doubt. And, and what we'll do, CJ, we come back from break. I want to get into that and why we believe the adult beverage sector and the consumer products sector tends to align uh, with not only Dixie brands, but the industry, uh, but, the, but also specific to Dixie brands. Get everyone, you're listening to CJ Chapman. He is the general counsel for Dixie brands. You can find more on Dixie uh, on Facebook and Twitter at Dixie Brands. When we come back from break, we'll dig into some of the more of the amazing things going on with Dixie recently. And if you're in the market for their products, please go to DixieElixirs.com. That's D-I-X-I-E-E-L-I-X-I-R-S. You're listening to Plant Profits. And remember to follow me on social media, Bert Miller, B-E-R-T-P-G. Uh, we'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. In 2018, the National Cannabis Industry Association saw a 60% increase in congressional co-sponsorship of their priority legislation, the federal legalization of hemp, as well as the election of a new Congress expected to be more cannabis-friendly. NCIA will host our ninth annual Cannabis Industry Lobby Days, May 21st through 23rd in Washington, D.C. Join in, advocate for our industry, and forge a unified front with the industry's most politically engaged leaders. NCIA members from across the country descend on Capitol Hill for our annual Lobby Days event to tell their stories and advocate for federal reforms needed for our industry to reach its full potential. Make your plans now to be at the National Cannabis Industry Association's 9th Annual Cannabis Industry Lobby Days in Washington, D.C. Register for Lobby Days and learn how NCIA works to advance the cannabis industry's policy agenda every day at www.thecannabisindustry.org slash Lobby Days 2019. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Expo.com. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to Plant Profits. I'm your host, Bert Miller from Protus Global, and you can send your comments and questions to me at BertMillerPG. All right, we are back now with the General Counsel of Dixie Brands, C.J. Chapman. 
so uh, when we uh, went to break, CJ, we were talking really about the talent level uh, or the type of talent and where they're coming from that Dixie Brands and, and many in the sector are looking for. And it's it seems to be, uh, and you already alluded to it, that uh, you would think um, companies that are building would want to find a lot of the talent from the industry. And I'm sure in some cases in technical roles, that might be still true. However, uh, what we have found, and I think you're seeing in Dixie Brands, m- much of the talent that uh, companies are building around come from the consumer products arena, and in many cases, adult beverage. Uh, you want to talk about a little bit uh, about that, CJ, as to why that is? Uh, absolutely. I, I think it's twofold. One, um, I'm, I'm still uh, a baby in the industry, but as you alluded to earlier, you know, one year is uh, dog years. It's not quite been one year for me, but uh, I have been here for years, so I've learned a lot. And what I have learned uh, prior to me joining Dixie is that we were one of, uh, if not the only company that was really trying to market ourselves as a, as a CPG firm and a brand. We weren't uh, trying to be your, your standard MSOs, multi-state operators that are growing uh, cannabis or cultivating. We think that is a race to the bottom because at the end of the day, it is is a commodity. So how do you grow your brand or position yourself as a CPG uh, company? Well, you have to bring people that have that type of brand and CPG experience. And what we believe is the most relatable to the cannabis industry is the alcohol industry. Uh, you have uh, federal uh, regulation regarding manufacturing, but then you have state-by-state state, uh, distribution uh, regulations. We view that that's uh, eventually or ultimately where the cannabis industry is is headed. So why not get ahead of the curve and, and arm yourself with the knowledge and the team that you need to be successful once that regulatory regime kind of takes effect? No, that's great. And you're, you're right. And when you think about that, CJ, I mean, uh, you really hit the nail on the head. I mean, the federal regulation, state by state uh, regulations, and then tying that to the distribution uh, which will more than likely be a three-tier system, very similar to the adult beverage world. It seems to make a lot of sense, and and certainly uh, that talent transitions very well uh, into this sector. So, uh, you guys are aggressively expanding and innovating, and and so as you take a look at what you guys are now doing, you're and if you if you look at all the things Dixie Brands are doing in terms of uh, brand expansion. We talked all, all about their different entities. We talked about Chiron and the Latin American initiative. Um, what are some of the most dif- difficult obstacles through all of those things, CJ, that you deal with, particularly from a legal perspective during this expansion? Yep. One, the industry is very volatile right now. Uh, as, as we both said, uh, each state has different regulatory regimes. I mean, there's, there's generally one of three frameworks you're going to want run into with some, with some nuances, but those nuances can, can kind of come back, uh, to, to bite you in the, in the butt. You also mm-hmm. run into situations where regulation has been, uh, promulgated and it has been interpreted, but you either get a, a new person running the department or a new enforcement agent that says, yes, we know what the regulations say, but that's not what it means. Uh, even though we've been operating under that mm-hmm. uh, framework for six or seven years. So it's constantly dealing with putting out fires and you're putting out uh, that type of fire in every particular state uh, or region or country that you, you may be in. So that, that is what has been the, the hardest for me is just really trying to create uh, a legal framework within a federally illegal <laughs> um, 
uh, industry, but a state by state legal uh, industry. So it, it's really just trying to make sure we're, 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 we start off compliant and we remain compliant. And sometimes you start off compliant. And like I said, if someone comes in and says, hey, we're going to interpret this differently, even though it makes zero sense, uh, we have to adjust on the uh, on the fly. So you're constantly putting out uh, fires, uh, which, you know, not necessarily unlike any other industry, but I will, uh, uh, I will challenge anyone uh, that this industry is, is, is unlike any other industry. Well, uh, absolutely. When you think about it, CJ, we're in the, probably the second inning of a nine minute and nine inning game. Right. So, uh, and then when you do go state by state, it can change dosage, you know, doses can change packages. Uh, the type of packaging that is legal in one state may be, may or may not be legal in another state. Other states have different labeling. Uh, it is certainly something that you have to keep and be on top of. And, and I, I don't envy you because I know on a daily basis, some can be, some can change and to your point can be interpreted different ways. So that is, uh, that's quite a job in the legal world. Uh, for any of the companies and certainly at, at Dixie Brands. As you, look to, as you look to build out your legal team, um, if, if you're going to be doing that, what are you looking for? Where do you think the next generation of cannabis attorneys will come from? Yep. You know, it, it, it's funny. Uh, like I said, I, I, people would say, well, you're a cannabis attorney. And I say, well, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm corporate. I'm a corporate attorney. I'm a business attorney. And I have uh, three or four uh, compliance directors that kind of roll up to me here that uh, know the regulations in and out. And they, they really study not just Colorado, but uh, the other states we're in, obviously, and then even states that uh, we're not in that we may be contemplating going in or just getting themselves up to speed on, on the regulations. I think that you don't necessarily have to be an attorney to understand uh, the regulations and, and what the compliance requirements are. So for me, um, you know, I, I would be looking almost for an attorney who has uh, a corporate uh, contract interpretation and negotiating skills, uh, the ability to uh, thrive under pressure because that's what this industry is. It's not for everyone. I'll be the, be the first to tell you that it is a high, high pressure in environment. And then someone that uh, also is, it's not a journalist because I don't think you can be a, a jack of all trades because uh, you end up being a master of none, but does have broad experience of just running a, um, a company. And, and fortunately, I had been doing that as outside general counsel to some very large privately held companies before I uh, came to uh, to Dixie Brands. But, you know, it's more so someone that's proud uh, to, to be in the industry or not ashamed to be in the industry and then someone that's even more proud to represent uh, just the company and, and be on uh, some sort of reform of, of prohibition. You know, I think it's it's going to be a, a, a big thing when it happens. I think the people who were involved at the very beginning are going to be the ones that reap uh, the, the biggest benefits of it. Um, so I know that wasn't necessarily uh, the answer to your question, but it's more so not someone that just knows uh, the cannabis uh, regimes ac across the country. I mean, uh, eventually that's going to be like anything else. You're going to be able to read it in statutes and and interpret it and understand it, but really just someone that could thrive in a, a corporate environment and now will publicly trade it. Uh, you know, there's there's constantly someone looking under the hood. In fact, the whole public is looking under mm -hmm. the hood. Uh, so it, that also creates uh, a different kind of pressure because your mistakes will be known uh, worldwide if someone wanted to uh, to look it up. Right, yeah. 
any mistakes uh, certainly uh, are magnified. Um, we're going to go to break here in a couple of minutes, but before we do, um, one of the things that keeps popping up, CJ, is all the excitement and passion and the real reason uh, why people are getting into the industry uh, versus it just being another uh, career opportunity or a job. And so uh, that, that keeps popping up. Uh, is, from your perspective, when you think of the relationship you guys have with Chiron and then Quida and the opportunity that you guys together are going to be able to um, have that brand here in the United States and you guys represent that brand, what legal challenges is that give you uh, when you bring that, you know, try to distribute a, a Latin America brand into the United States? Oh, I mean, it, it runs the gamut. In fact, I had a meeting about that uh, this morning, uh, Bert, so it was a huge quiz since you brought it up. But, you know, FDA issues, uh, because, um, you know, if, if we're going to end up having some form of uh, labeling on it that says CBD, uh, we have to be very cautious about that. Um, you know, we, we also have import export, uh, issues to make sure that we're compliant with U S uh, customs and border, uh, requirements to make sure that we're labeling our, our, our materials correctly. And then are we going to import raw materials? Or are we going to import finished product? Um, so we, we haven't necessarily run it completely to ground yet as to, uh, the framework we can do either one. Uh, but then it also comes to now what trademarks uh, has Chiron been permitted to use down in Latin America? Are those trademarks available here in the, yeah, um, exactly. in the U.S.? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it really just runs the, uh, the gamut. And in the distribution, depending on, you know, what levels of, of CBD are in a certain product, uh, you know, that, that can alter or change uh, certain things. So um, you'd be surprised at what issues and what regulatory bodies, uh, federal regulatory bodies in the U.S. have some sort of impact or control on, uh, on a product, but yet um, it's, <laughs> it doesn't really fall under a, a category yet. Um, right. So, and, and, and you also have regulators that are sitting on their hands. They're not chomping at the bit to, uh, to put regulations out there because for whatever reason, whether it's their political views or their party views, they don't uh, believe in industry. So even though it's legal, they, they're going to put up roadblocks for you along the way. And some of those roadblocks are just uh, in action. Yeah, no, no question. And so for our listeners out there, we're going to come back and talk a little bit about about the roadblocks and the barriers and why companies like Dixie Brands, uh, it, the, the perseverance, resilience, and certainly the endurance to be uh, an outstanding brand in this sector. Uh, it's for those who have those attributes. You're listening to CJ Chapman. He's the general counsel at Dixie Brands. Again, you can find more on Dixie and Facebook and Twitter at Dixie Brands. Um, when we come back, we'll dig in, dig in more on that topic that uh, we just finished with CJ. You're listening to Plant Profits, and remember to follow me on social media at Burt Miller PG. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. The National Cannabis Industry Association's 6th Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo returns to San Jose, California's McInerney Convention Center July 22nd through the 24th. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com 
and take part in the most influential award-winning cannabis conference and trade show hosted by the cannabis industry's only national trade association. NCIA's Cannabis Business Summit and Expo offers attendees three days of engagement and interactive programs. Arrive early so you can participate in our pre-conference workshops and off-site tours. Join hundreds upon hundreds of exhibitors and thousands upon thousands of attendees at NCIA's 6th Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo, July 22nd to the 24th in San Jose, California. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com. That's CannabisBusinessSummit.com. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth sheepskin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z dot com. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads, make genuine business connections, and get premier brand exposure? This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are coming soon to Portland, Maine, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Miami. Sponsorship opportunities available. Register today. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to Plant Profits. I'm your host, Bert Miller from Protus Global, and you can send comments and questions to me at Bert Miller PG. And we're back here again with uh, the general counsel of Dixie Brands, CJ Chapman. So we left off, CJ. We're talking about you know the attributes of the people coming over the industry and certainly the barriers of entry from a legal perspective and all the legislation and hurdles that um, companies like Dixie Brands has to endure and navigate around sometimes on a moment's notice uh, and so um, when you think about all those different barriers and that are that are put up when do you think CJ that uh, there's going to be a domino that will fall that will start to create some consistency obviously each state will run on its own to a large degree i, I believe but we'll have some form of consistency in terms of of uh, some legislation around the cannabis sector you know i, I think there's some some legislation that is uh pending now the the, the states act so you have this act that will allow um uh, pretty much all legalization in, in the states for uh, for cannabis. I think once that happens, then at, at some point, the federal government is going to have no choice but to have some sort of broad legal regime that uh, governs the, the cannabis industry. Because here's the thing. Currently, there's 33 states, give or take one or two, that have some legalized form of, of cannabis, whether it be medical, recreation, uh, or, or both. And each legislative cycle, and I'd be curious, I had to go back and look, but I, I, I'm assuming uh, over the last at least six or seven years, there's been at least one or two states that have legalized some form of, of cannabis every year. And I think it's just going to continue until we hit uh, close to, uh, to 50. So the, the federal government's hands, in my opinion, are going to be somewhat tied because if they do try to uh, reverse uh, any type of enforcement action that they're currently not taking, 
they're going to have a bunch of lawsuits on their hands. I mean, this is a, a, a multi-billion dollar industry in Colorado alone. So you can imagine right. what the industry is uh, nationally. Uh, so I, I think that they're going to have to, uh, through the States Act, uh, have to follow it through some sort of federal legalization. And I've, I've, we've touched on it earlier. I mean, it's really not that dissimilar from from the alcohol industry where, yes, let, let's have some sort of federal allowance and federal manufacturing requirements and, and whatnot and then have distribution uh, state by state. Because what they're also doing is uh, it's very cost prohibitive to operate under this current uh, regime. I mean, we have to operate and manufacture in every territory or state that, that we're in, as opposed to having mm-hmm. three or four re- regionalized uh, manufacturing facilities and then distribute um, from there. Um, so you, you think that um, uh, it, it's not costly to be in the, the cannabis space, and then you throw on uh, the, the uh, in my uh, opinion, disfavorable and unfair tax regime on the 3 um, you know, so it's uh, it's an industry that uh, is creating a lot of jobs, creating revenue, and I think companies like Dixie Brands, who are on the pioneer for uh, social and, and safety welfare of kids and anyone else, uh, you know, we, we definitely uh, take that very seriously, uh, that they need to just recognize this industry as uh, any other legal industry. More right. kids or people are injured or killed from alcohol than they are from, uh, from cannabis. Yeah, no uh, question. It's millions. It's just that simple. Yeah, right. No question, CJ. So, yeah, I, I just want, I'd love to have your own opinion if you can speak to it. Uh, what happens if New York goes down? What happens if New York uh, legalizes cannabis? Will that have a far-reaching impact to uh, the rest of the country? You know, I, I, I think it will. We were hoping that uh, New Jersey was going to be uh, the, kind of the first of the catalyst to do that and then things fell apart in New Jersey. But I think New York, uh, obviously being the most populated uh, city in the, in the country, and uh, the money that comes to New York, and it kind of be the, the, the first big city on the East Coast that uh, really will, will legalize. And there are a lot of companies uh, that are based there. Uh, you have a lot of companies that are that are banking or betting on on New York. So I, I think that will have uh, a ripple effect. I, I hope it'll have a bigger ripple effect than what I think it's going to have. Um, but um, I, uh, I I think that will obviously be helpful, but I don't think it's going to be that, that last falling piece we needed before uh, we get some sort of federal regime out there. I think it's going to take a little bit more than that, unfortunately. No, got it. No, thank you. Uh, that, that's, uh, that's good information. All right, so CJ, we're down to our last minute. There's a couple really important questions I'd like to ask you. One is, what's your favorite <laughs> Dixie product? You know, you know, Bert. I'm sure you and possibly the uh, the audience uh, will be shocked. I am not a consumer uh, of uh, of cannabis, and it has nothing to do with uh, it being taboo or, or quote unquote federally illegal. I grew up uh, grew up in the um, Ronald Reagan days when Dare, uh, Nancy Reagan had Dare, and she really just hit home on she scared you, you know, straight, drugs. Yeah, <laughs> scared, scared, scared me straight, and there was no uh, classification of drugs. They were all all bad. And I played sports uh, in in high school and college, so I couldn't really uh, consume uh, at that time. But let me tell you this: we make a lot of uh, non-infused products here, 
and uh, they they kind of taste test them on me because uh, I, I do like candy. Uh, so so go yes. figure. And I, I would tell you uh, that our two products are our gummies, which I told you are our best selling product now. Our gummies, I would buy our gummies off the shelf at Target uh, just to eat them as um, as candy. Uh, and then our mints uh, as well uh, are. Uh, are very good. So if you if you had to ask me what I think our, our best product is, I'd say 100% our uh, our gummies. If I like them non infused, I'm sure I'd like them even better uh, infused. Well, all right. The, the final question, real quick one, real quick answer here, CJ. CJ has a little bit of a sneaker collection. What's your favorite? What's your fa- <laughs> favorite pair of sneakers you got there, CJ? My favorite pair of sneakers. Uh, I'd probably tell you I have some blue white. Uh, in gray P448s. That's what I was telling you. I know I still owe you that link uh, to that to that brand. Uh, and then I'd say I'd have some uh, old vintage uh, Jordan 5s uh, that have a very unique kind of gray, green, uh, and reddish color uh, to them. I'm a, big, I'm a big Jordan guy. In fact, I have a pair of uh, blue suede Jordan 1s on uh, right now. So uh, big, big on the Jordans. See guys, we have one. He, he's an attorney, but he's a cool attorney. So, um, <laughs> but thank you, CJ. Uh, that's our time today, and I really do thank you for spending time with us here at Plant Profits, guys. Remember to check out DixieElixirs.com. That is spelled D-I-X-I-E-E-L-I-X-I-R-S. And of course, don't forget to hit me up on Instagram with your comments and questions. You can always find me at Bert Miller PG, and use the hashtag Plant Profits. P-R-O-P-H-E-T-S to stay in the know. Thanks for tuning in again. Uh, Catch you guys on next week's show. Until that time, cheers. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.